Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. study of Matthew. While Miss Ginger was playing, I was reminded of this was a long time ago, and um, we were holding a, a revival. This was over at the first, first Southern Baptist Church, which used to be located on St. Louis. And uh, some of the cowboys had actually come to that to revive it. And this one uh, guy had come forward and um, it was a good-sized church. And so there were several of us that were you know, counselors, if you will, sitting at the front. And, and uh, so I happened to, to uh, be the one uh, selected to counsel with this, with this guy. And the great, big, tall, you know, uh, cowboy, and um, he, he'd come forward, and he was just weeping and crying. And he said, you know, I didn't realize that people in church were just, just like me. He said, I thought they were all real good people. <laughs> I never did anything wrong, you know. <laughs> And uh, he, he, you know, he was just as sincere uh, as, as could be, just weeping, and he prayed to accept Christ uh, as his Savior, and was filled with, with joy, but found it so, so hard to believe that he could be forgiven, that all he had to do was come to the Lord and ask, and that he would be forgiven. Well, today we're looking at a passage here. The sermon's entitled, Jesus the Lord, who heals and makes us whole. And that's what the Lord Jesus does. He makes us whole. 
So beginning here in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 29. Jesus departed from there. Remember he was down at Tyre and Sidon. Last week we looked at that. He, he healed a, a young girl who had been demon possessed. Remember that her mother had come and, and she pleaded, pleaded, and pleaded with, with the Lord. And uh, he eventually gave in. He rewarded her faith and healed her daughter. So they, after a few days they left, he and the disciples. And um, that begins our reading here. Jesus departed from there, skirted the Sea of Galilee, and went up on the mountain and sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them all. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made of whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Then his disciples said to him, Where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few little fish. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Now those who ate were 4,000 men, besides women and children. And he sent away the multitude, got into the boat, and came to the region of Magdala. Let's pray. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for loving us so that you sent your Son, who lived a perfect, sinless life, who then voluntarily went to the cross, giving up his life, shedding his blood, and allowing himself to be beaten and whipped, and then nailed to the cross for all of humanity to bring the healing of the soul to make it possible for people to be forgiven of their sin to find hope to find purpose Lord we thank you this day for this house of worship we thank you for every church and denomination that truly preaches and proclaims the truth of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, both here at home, across our nation, and around the world, in so many different languages, in so many different denominations. And Father, we pray for anyone here today who has never given their heart, their life to the Lord, that they'll come to know him today. Those who are here physically, those who are 
watching over the internet or listening by podcast. We pray, dear Father, your touch of healing upon every heart and upon every family. We ask, O Lord, that you would speak to us now through your holy word and by your Holy Spirit to the glory and to the honor of the Lord Jesus, in whose name we pray and give thanks. Amen. So they make their way from Tyre and Sidon and walk of ways around the Sea of Galilee. And over in the Gospel of Mark, he points out, in, as in, in the description there in Mark, that they're actually in a place called the Decapolis. It's a region called the Decapolis. Deca for ten, polis for city, referred to as the ten cities, or the region of ten cities. These were ten cities that were basically populated by Gentiles. And so Jesus is now dealing with a multitude of Gentiles. What's really interesting is that you'll recall that prior to going to Sidon and, and Tyre, that Jesus was being rejected. He was being rejected by the religious leaders of Israel. And in our Sunday school lesson this morning, we, we uh, mentioned how, how tragic here you have people who've been studying the scripture. And when God and human flesh came, they didn't recognize it. But he was rejected. But that should also be a warning for us. We should never take God for granted, although we do pretty much every day. And just because we know the Scripture doesn't necessarily mean that we know the Lord of the Scripture. And make no mistake about it, every single one of us bears a responsibility to ensure that we know the Lord as our Savior. You can't become a Christian on the coattails of your parents. Although on Wednesday night, Miss, uh, Miss Nancy shared with us, she said, but you know, being raised in a Christian home sure has its benefits. <laughs> and it surely does. It surely does. But God has no grandchildren. We must all come to him and make a personal, personal commitment of faith. It is about a personal relationship with him. And so although he was rejected there, he goes off now into the Gentile territory and notice that he's accepted with open arms. And the multitudes come to him and they, they bring with them others who are suffering with various conditions. And what does Jesus do? Jesus heals them all. He heals them all. We're talking about thousands of people. We're not talking about just one or two. We're talking about thousands. Now it says, as we read there in the feeding of the 4,000, that there were 4,000 men besides women and children. So if you just add you know, one woman for every man and maybe one child for each 
set of parents, that's at least 12,000. So you're talking about a, a huge multitude of people. And Jesus spends not one hour, not three hours, but three days. Three days. When was the last time you attended a worship service that lasted for three days? <laughs> you know, people get uh, a little irritated if the, uh, if the pastor, the preacher, whoever is speaking <laughs> gets a little long-winded, you know. If it's 25 minutes instead of 20, or 30 instead of 25, or in certain people's case, maybe 40 instead of 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, well, you know, we were taught, well, if you can't say it in 20 minutes, then you can't say it. Well, you know, there are some things that just take a little longer. <laughs> and Jesus was there with these people for three days. Three old days. Now, they're amazed at what he did. They're amazed. They're overwhelmed by what Jesus did for these people who were mute, and maimed, and lame, he healed them all. And they glorified the God of Israel. Now that's a way that Matthew indicates that these were Gentiles, because of course the Jewish people are going to glorify the God of Israel. But it's, it's, it's wonderful to also see the Gentiles glorifying the God of Israel. Because no doubt in that multitude you had Gentiles who worshipped all kinds of false gods. Just like you find in many nations today and even in our own country. All these people worshipping false gods. Gods that can't do anything for them. And here you have these Gentiles. They see with their own eyes. And those who were healed in their own bodies. What this one, the Lord Jesus, can do in a life. And so the question, have you been to Jesus to have your condition healed? You say, what? What condition? <laughs> But we all have conditions. We all have various conditions. And notice it says that the mute, they, they now spoke. So I wonder, has your speech changed since coming to know Jesus as Savior? There are so many Christians who are so terrified at the prospect of witnessing to someone because they say, well, what would I say? I don't know what to say. But if you've been a Christian for a while, you ought to have a whole lot to say. And as we mentioned in Sunday school, you may not know everything there is to know about the Bible. The only one who knows that is God himself. Amen? But you know Jesus. You know what he's done for you. You know what your life was like before you knew Jesus as Savior and what your life is like now. 
and you can share that with others. Now, some of you, myself included, didn't always use the, the cleanest speech in our words. Has your speech changed since you've come to know Jesus? As you see? Are you a little more kind in the way that you speak? The maimed, they were made whole. Has your life been made whole by Christ? When you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there was supposed to be a healing, a change, a transformation made in your life. Your whole perspective of life changed when you came to know Jesus as Savior. Sadly, there are still Christians who, who work for the almighty dollar instead of working for the Lord. The Bible teaches that whatever we do, we're to do it heartily as unto the Lord. Amen? And without any, any disrespect, He is the ultimate boss. And so the work that we do should be done to the glory of God. And with tremendous effort, Seeking to always give him our best. And the lame, the lame now walked. How have you been walking? That is your daily walk with the Lord. Do you spend time with him alone? Christians should spend time alone with him every day. To ensure that the, the daily walk with the Lord is, is a walk that is pleasing to him and of benefit to others. The lame, they now walked. I imagine they probably leapt for joy. And then the blind were now able to see. When I, when I read that, I think of Samson. Samson. The, the strong man, if you will, of the Old Testament. Samson. And poor Samson, he loved wine, women, and song. Because that's what, that's what sin will do for you. Sin will cost you more than you ever intended to pay. It'll keep you longer than you ever intended to stay. And you know the story. They put Samson's eyes out. Blind. Well, do you see the mighty hand of God at work in your life? Do you see the mighty work or the mighty hand of God at work in your life since you've come to know the Lord as your Savior? You say, what, me? What, what can I do? And you think of Lottie Moon. We're taking up this, this special offering that we take up at the end of every year around this time. One little lady who was willing to commit her life to Christ and then to follow him and to go overseas to China, of all places, so many years ago. 
And back then, they didn't have a foreign mission offering. She was the one, after spending all of this time on the mission field in China, who recognized the work of God and the urgency, the condition, lostness. And she prayed, and she began to communicate with people back home that there needed to be an offering taken to support missionaries who go overseas to take the gospel. One little lady. One little lady. And over time, do you, you have any idea what the amount of money? It's actually in the billions of dollars that have been raised and continue to be raised year after year after year to provide resources and missionaries to go overseas from this one little lady. What can God do with one person? What can God do with you? He can do things like he has done with Lottie The blind were now able to see. Are you willing to allow God to use you in ministries? Ministries through the church and through other organizations? So Jesus asks the question, how many loaves do you have? <laughs> now we read a little earlier, a few chapters earlier, correct? Where he fed the 5,000, which was more like about 20, because that was 5,000 men plus women and children. And there are some folks who think that, uh, that this is just a, a retelling of the first one. No, this is the second time. See, because the first group were all Jewish people. The second group are Gentiles. In the first group, right, five loaves. This time, seven loaves. You follow? And they had two fish in the first group. But in this one, they had some fish. Very different. And, and the word that's actually used were little fishes. <laughs> but you have to wonder, did the disciples learn anything from the first time? Or maybe, maybe they thought that he would feed the Gentiles. Because you see, at that particular time in the history of the Jewish people, they did not sit and eat with Gentiles. Because Gentiles were unclean. And they would become unclean. And so maybe the disciples thought that. Now, we don't know. We don't know. Doesn't tell us. But... They said, this is all we've got. <laughs> and uh, where are we going to get enough food out here in this deserted place? Someone has said, the world is a desert. Ah, but in that desert, God, the Son, the heavenly manna that fed the Israelites, during their 40 year wandering in the desert is present to feed with the bread of heaven, the bread of life. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Jesus is that word. 
He is the living word of God, and he is the bread of life. So what does he do? He says, he's compassionate. He looks upon these people who've been with him for three days, nothing to eat, out in the middle of the desert. He doesn't want to send them away hungry. He has compassion. He knows our needs, and he makes provision. So he takes what little the disciples have available. He takes that little, and he gives thanks. He gives thanks. Now, we just celebrated Thanksgiving uh, just a little while ago. And it's something we ought to do every day and at every meal. I want to encourage you, every time, every time you, you eat something or take a drink, Give thanks to the Lord for that which he has given to you because we can never thank God enough. We never thank him enough. I'm always touched in my heart when I pray with my, my granddaughter because she'll pray and she'll say, and Lord, we thank you for the roof over our head, the bed that we sleep in, the food that we eat. Now how about this one? The opportunity to go to school. The wonderful privilege of working. Jesus is compassionate, so he gives thanks. He gives thanks. He breaks and he knows he gives it to the disciples. And the disciples are the one, the ones who then distribute. He involves them in the ministry. God involves us in his ministry. We are all to be involved in God's ministry. What ministry is he calling you to? We've talked about these small groups, evangelism. Small group for our, our widows and our prayer ministry, our prayer walk. We're getting ready to implement those, but we've been giving you an opportunity to pray and to plan and to consider your involvement. Jesus, in his compassion, knows every need, and he makes provision. He organizes them. He has them to sit, and then he, he gives that bread and fish to the disciples and as they give, everyone eats and they take up seven basketfuls because that's the way our God is. He doesn't, you know, God isn't stingy, right? The Bible says his, his, his arm isn't short, you know, that he, that he can't bless. He blesses and he always gives us so much more than we need so that we can take what he's blessed us with and share it with others. Our God is a generous God. He is a gracious God. He is a compassionate God. He is a loving God. He is a patient and forgiving God. He is a saving God. He is a healing God. And so what do we learn here from these passages? Like the sick and the multitude, we have conditions that only Jesus can heal. Only Jesus. You have some certain sin in your life, 
that is affecting your walk with the Lord, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Him. Stop struggling with that. Bring it to Jesus. And he promises to heal and to make well. Fallen humanity. Or oh, I tell you, the other day, um, you know, on YouTube, you can watch all kinds of things. And uh, there was a uh, there was a, a, a sermon by, by Billy Graham over in Missouri. He pronounced Missouri, Missouri. <laughs> From 1973. Oh, what a powerful sermon. And it was, it was timely for today. Because this is what he said. He said, the government can't help you. He said, I don't trust in the government, and they can't help you. The schools can't help you. But I know someone who can. His name is Jesus. Jesus can help you. Secondly, like the healthy and the multitude, we know someone who has a condition that only Jesus can heal. We're to be involved in evangelism and missions. That, that's who our God is. He is the ultimate evangelist. He goes where no one else will go. And we, like him, are to be going and to be sharing. We're to be proclaiming the message. And then Jesus knows our every need. He's lovingly compassionate. What are you struggling with today? Or who is that person that you know that is struggling? Jesus is lovingly compassionate. Are you showing them compassion, the compassion of the Lord? And then like the multitude, we're to glorify the God of Israel. We are to glorify the God of Israel. We're to praise Him. We are to worship Him. He is the only God. There is no other God. I think I mentioned to you once a while back, I was on an airplane and uh, was, I was going to the seminary. And uh, that particular day was a, was a day for, for a preaching class. And we, back then, we used to have to type out our, uh, you know, back then we didn't have computers. We, we typed everything, right? So you had to type up your, your sermon and, and, you know, so many points and illustrations, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm, I'm sitting uh, in the middle seat. So I have, you know, a guy on the right and a guy on the left. And I'm, I'm here and I'm... I'm looking through this thing because I was going to have to preach, you know, for a grade. And uh, so the guy on my left says, is that a script? Because I was, you know, heading to Los Angeles. So, he, you know, I, I said, no, this is not a script. This is a sermon. He said, oh, that's even better. So then we got into a little discussion and um, found out that he was, um, you know, into Hinduism. So we were going back and forth and back and forth on all that other stuff. 
all through the through the flight, and I was uh, I was probably a little louder. <laughs> you know, most of the people could hear what I was saying. I think on the airplane, and because uh, I said basically, here here's the point: either the Bible is true or it's not. Either Jesus is Lord or He isn't. And either your religion is correct or it's not. All right. And then I I made this comment. I said. There is only one God. Well, now, this whole time the guy on the right, you know, he had been silent. And he, he said, that's right, I agree with you. He was Jewish. <laughs> There's only one God. You know. And about that time, the plane was landing. People need to know. They need to know there is but one God. He is the God of Israel. And we worship him. But Jesus said there are others who I have who are not of this fold. They too, right? They too need to be saved. And there will be one shepherd and one fold. Well, that includes us who are Gentile. One God. But he's the God of all nations. He's the God of all people. And he can change the circumstances of your life. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. It's the Lord's invitation. Jesus is tenderly called. Let's stand, please. And as we sing, you come and you make your commitment to the Lord. What is it that the Lord is laying upon your heart? You come as we sing. pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.